This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Naumai, haere mai, and welcome to Trade Aid. I'm Patricia, and I'm uh, on the uh, the trust board of the Havelock North Trade Aid shop, and I'm one of the volunteers in the shop, and um, I'm really happy to be back in the studio at this marvellous radio station and uh, sharing some trade aid information with you. Now, since this is the first broadcast for... 2024, um, I thought it would be sensible to go back to the beginning um, and for those listeners who are new to Trade Aid to give you a little bit of background information so you can see exactly where we sit and why we are so important um, to the planet and the people on the planet. Okay, so Trade Aid is an entirely local organisation. We are uniquely Kiwi. It was founded uh, back in uh, 1973 in Christchurch with the idea that the world could become uh, a fairer place um, through a different way of trading so in in trade aid, rather than just supporting communities uh, with handouts, the idea was to teach uh, new ways of making things and providing fair markets uh, for the the work that was produced. And this might be some. Uh, you know, artisan uh, work like jewellery or weaving or using um, flax and various plants in in making furniture, uh, in coffee, in tea, and a whole range of, of products around the world. Lots of talented people uh, who could not compete with the large mass market and in spite of their very, very best efforts and continual work um, would be making no living at all. So over the 50 years of uh, Trade Aid's uh, existence, um, we've seen some remarkable things happening in communities um, throughout Asia uh, throughout the Pacific, um, throughout South America, and on the um, African continent. And it's been really um, amazing to be part of that history. Trade Aid was uh, founded on certain principles, um, and that is, th- those principles are reflected by the, uh, the World Fair Trade Organization. And they're things like a fair price, um, well, it might seem pretty obvious, but actually in many industries around the world, the people who actually do the work don't get a fair price 
um, for their work. So, a fair price. Good working conditions, that is, safe working conditions, clean working conditions. Again, we take it for granted here, but um, you can't guarantee that um, in many societies. Respect for the worker. No forced labour, like child labour or female labour. No one is forced to work. They choose to be part of the artisanal group, the cooperative um, that trade aid is dealing with. Okay, guaranteed market. So trade aid is able uh, to sustain these smaller uh, industries um, when times are tough. If, for example, uh, there is um, some weather event that wipes out a a crop, uh, trade aid can keep finance going within that community so a new crop can be planted. Um, Looking after the environment, protecting what we have already, this is so, so important. I mean, we cannot deny um, the need to move extremely carefully but quickly um, on environmental issues. Uh, It's not pie-in-the-sky stuff. It's real, and um, we need to be active in that. Trade Aid also, uh, as part of its philosophy, works on the notion of long-term partnerships. And and some, some of our partners, our producer partners, have been with us right from the beginning. You know, 50 years of partnership, 50 years of evolving, of changing, of developing. So we can see um, in, in some of our partner groups what what started as something very small, just, you know, like um, just half a dozen people, now involves whole communities, and those communities have been able to establish their own schools, uh, their hospital, little hospital clinics, um, providing um, work for women, so women can have uh, financial independence. Um, and the kids... And the grandkids of those original artisans now being highly educated and developing um, new ways, for example, um, in planting sugarcane or working uh, with with, uh, coffee crops, finding the best kinds of of crops, uh, the best way of using the land um, that's available, of finding regenerative farming practices um, and involving um, at all levels involving the community in um, decision making which is which is great so truly cooperative way of working trade aid operates in on different levels so for example we have um, throughout the country from as you know from Whangarei down to Dunedin we've got 24 shops and these are outlets for the fabulous range of of goods that our various producer partners make around the world. So that's, you know, direct to 
customers, if you like, um, the, to our own communities. Here in Hawke's Bay, we have two shops, uh, one in Havelock North, it's on Napier Road in Havelock North, and um, one over in Napier, which happens to be on Hastings Road in Napier. So those, those two outlets, um, and we love it when people come in and take a few minutes of calm and just wander around our shops and look at the beautiful, beautiful um, artisanal work that that's of you know such a high standard um, that we're able to offer. Another way that Trade Aid does business is directly to other. Kiwi businesses. So at the moment, it's something like about, or just over a thousand New Zealand businesses deal directly uh, with trade aid. They source um, trade aid uh, products um, from from our warehouse in Christchurch and market them um, themselves. And that's really a great thing to be part of. Uh, it makes it, uh, it increases um, the possibility of providing our, um, our workers, our um, producers, um, with, um, well, better economic situation. A third way um, that Trade Aid operates is by wholesaling um, in, our, in our coffee industry. So, Trade Aid has uh, direct partnerships with coffee producers, um, particularly in Africa and in South America, and in Ethiopia. In in particular, is where we get um, uh, most of our African uh, coffee from, and it is superb coffee. And a, a bit more about that later. So what happens uh, here is that um, trade aid actually imports about 20% of all the coffee that comes into New Zealand, and that's a, a really a good number, a, a high percentage. Of course, this coffee is guaranteed uh, to be organic and fairly traded, so the actual coffee growers, the coffee farmers, who are all part of um, small and not-so-small cooperatives, those farmers directly benefit from their their work. Um, All profits from the coffee go back directly uh, into those little cooperatives. Coffee roasters in New Zealand uh, will choose their their preferred beans uh, from um, our outlet in Christchurch. And we have a strong relationship with many coffee roasters um, through, throughout New Zealand. Now, on the uh, subject of coffee now, on our website, which is very, very easy to access, it's www. .tradeaid.org.nz There is currently um, a really, really interesting backstory um, on coffee. And where we sit here um, 
2023-24 in terms of what coffee is available uh, to us here in New Zealand. Okay, the the um, the article has been written by Ewan Cameron, uh, who's a, a, a coffee expert. Back in the 1990s, uh, Ewan was a, a young a coffee roaster at Monmouth Coffee, uh, coffee roasters in London. Now, Monmouth were legend. They they're the icon of you know iconic coffee roasters um, from that period setting up around Neil's Yard and and those of you who are familiar with the London of old will recognize that uh, uh, you know very uh, game-changing if you like. Now Ewan writes in particular about um, what's happening in Ethiopia with regards to coffee certain changes in the government and the and the government rules about exporting uh, coffee have made it um, very expensive. Um, and this is not to the advantage of the coffee growers themselves, um, but I guess to the advantage of the government. The end result of that is that the particular uh, kind of coffee that we most favour from Ethiopia it's a Yerga Shefe. It's really the most expensive coffee around. Um, it has a very, very small cherry and it takes a very light roasting, has a kind of, oh, like tasting flowers. It's a beautiful, soft coffee. Anyway, because of the new um, export taxes imposed by the government, by the time that that coffee got to New Zealand, it would actually be really um, too expensive for our market. So we're just crossing our fingers and hoping that things change and that next year, um, or even this year in 2024, uh, you know, something might change in terms of those export taxes and, and we'll be able to pick up that coffee again. There's another coffee that we would normally source from uh, Ethiopia as well, and that's a hara uh, coffee. It grows in a very dry region, so it, it has to be treated in a different way. Because water is scarce, it can't be treated through what they call the wet process of, of you know dealing with the fruit. It has to be uh, a dry process. Um, and it has become more and more difficult to grow as as the climate has changed and the area has become in itself um, much drier. And so the the crop is not as productive as it was. And this is a bit of a problem for the, the coffee growers. So what some of them have turned to is using their, their small plots of land to grow cut, which is, uh, well, I guess, a, a euphoric drug. Um, and there's a market for it. Um, so as the, as the coffee declines, this, um, yeah, this narcotic increases. And, and, you know, that's a story we've heard before, too, um, that there's more of a market for those kinds of um, 
crops than there are for, you know, coffee and wheat and so on. Um, and that's something that um, we hope that the future will resolve. However, there is still some hope. If you go a little bit further south in Ethiopia, um, you come to the Sadama region, and there's a, 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 an excellent um, coffee farmers cooperative there. Um, that cooperative represents about uh, 65, 67 little primary societies um, of coffee farmers, so altogether something like about 80,000 coffee farmers all working together um, in the Sidama region through the cooperative so that they can get the best advice for growing, they can get the best market for their goods and the best possible outcome um, for their their own communities. Um, and that's great. So we're very pleased to still have um, that possibility um, through the Sedama Coffee Farmers Cooperative. But look, you know, pop online and and read um, Ewan's first-hand account of our Ethiopian coffee journey. So um, I've mentioned that, uh, you know, our, our warehouse in Christchurch is the source for holding our, our goods. Um, besides the warehouse, Trade Aid also has um, a little factory in Christchurch where we make our chocolate and, um, our, yeah, our absolutely fabulous chocolate and our yummy chocolate sauce. This factory is called Sweet Justice. It's a great name. Um, for what it does. So the coffee is, of course, um, organic. Uh, it's uh, dairy-free if you get uh, 55 um, and above percentage. It's um, gluten-free and um, it's vegan-friendly and comes in compostable wrappers and it tastes Fab really tastes fab. So last year we added uh, two two more um, styles of, of chocolate to our range, and these are little um, chocolate sticks. One of them is a mint chocolate stick, and the other is orange chocolate stick. And they come in nifty little packages, and they make excellent little gifts for anybody who needs um, a chocolate lift. You know, if things are not going quite as they should do well a bit of chocolate um, helps enormously so trade aid you know it's a not-for-profit organization everything that is um, any you know profits that we make are plowed back into our partners and into education about uh, environmental needs and the importance of fair trade, um, protecting our planet, protecting our people, and making the world a fairer place for everyone. So we have an um, education program, and again, that can be accessed on our website. Um, very useful for kids doing uh, school projects and trying to get a handle on how how trade can be done in a in a fairer way so it's not exploitive in any way um and uh, you know it just unites us in um 
in a, a, a healthier planetary system, if you like. We have um, paid staff, obviously. Um, each shop has a, a manager, but a lot of the work in trade aid is done by volunteers. So you go into the shops and you will see volunteers in there um, helping uh, in the shops. Uh, the same in the warehouse. We have volunteers who give up their time to pack goods and to help distribute them around the country. We couldn't work without volunteers. It, it's just the way it is. Um, so, um, yeah, if you're looking for a volunteer position, then, you know, have a look um, at your local um, trade aid um, shop. I want just to tell you about one particular favorite item um, in our shop at the moment. These are very rare and they're called egg chairs. We have one in Havelock North. It comes from Bangladesh. It has taken two men working side by side three days to weave this chair. And you know, that's after all the work was done in preparation of the grass, which is called hogla. I invite you along to the, the trade aid shop in Havelock North just to have a look at this beautiful piece of craft work um, that's come all the way from Bangladesh, made with care, made by hand, and uh, good for life, please do come along and have a look. And uh, I think you'll just be impressed at what we've got. So look, here we are in February, kids back to school, um, the year rolling on. Um, I hope you are all doing really, really well. Uh, and be mindful still of, of those amongst us in the community uh, who have bad memories of last February. Um, kia kaha to you all. Um, let's share the love and, uh, you know, take care and we'll talk to you next month. That's all from Trade Aid for now. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.